I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Holtcast in proud association with Acorns Children's Hospice. With Aston Villa on hosting duties this weekend, I myself have been handed the hosting hot seat in which I'm joined by All Together Now Everton podcast as we set our sights on the evening arrival in which fourth place Everton visit B6 under the lights. How are you, Tony? I'm good, thanks. Are you okay? I'm perfect, thank you. So obviously, Villa are hosting Everton under the lights at Villa Park on Saturday evening. Are you excited for that one? I am, I really am. It's one of the most played fixtures in English football, isn't it? Um, love going to Villa, Villa Park. It's a, it's a notorious historical football stadium, isn't it? It's like Goodison Park. Um, lots of connections there with Everton and Aston Villa. Two proud, proud English historical clubs. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a fantastic game, I'm sure. Two, two teams that are probably level in terms of the quality and everything else and the fan base, success, everything. It's, it's a really um, level playing field between the two of them. Two of them have got rich owners as well, and um, both getting held back with FFP. It's, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, but um, yeah, an intriguing one as well. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, in certain times, the clubs to, together have certainly almost gone through a transition in their own rights as well. It's quite funny because looking forward to recent games, you know, we've had four meetings since Villa came back up from the championship and only one of those with a set of fans, which was obviously the game at Villa Park, which got our campaign up and running the first season. We were back a 2-0 win. How have you felt that previous affairs have gone between the two of us? I always go back to the David Moyes and Martin O'Neill era when Everton and Aston Villa were right up there going for Champions League spaces, um, top six spaces. Um, Villa had a good side, Everton had a good side, and it was nip and tuck either way. I think Everton had some crucial wins at Villa Park. Yourself had some crucial wins at Gunderson Park, and it was nip and tuck. And the great the games, them, they were like 3-2s, three 3-3s, three some great battles in there. Um, and so, yeah, the atmosphere is always electric. So I've got fond memories of going to Villa Park. I really have. It's a, I love I love football stadiums, and they're very hard to to come across at the moment, especially in this day and age. They're just like corporate bowls, aren't they? And solar stadiums that we see that are just there to to get the money in. But the likes of Villa Park, Goodison, Anfield, there's there's something like these stadiums that's just purposely built for football and, and football fans where they belong, where where they want to get their um, passion across over weekends and yet long way that continue yeah I completely agree and I think I mean at the time of recording this Everton played last night where they beat Burnley at home and you could see the atmosphere come through the TV on Sky last night you know it was beaming as soon as that second goal went in and it seemed as though you almost went on a rampage from there and it almost lifted the team you could certainly see that 
Going on to Everton's recent form against Villa, Villa have only lost four times in their last 29 home fixtures against Everton, leading back all the way till 1989. However, to put a bit of a positive on it from your perspective, so it's not all doom and gloom, obviously Mm -hmm. Benitez coming to play Villa as Everton manager for the first time. Benitez has only ever lost one game to Villa as a manager uh, winning 10, drawing six and losing one. So how do you think that could play into your hands? I think what you'll see under Benitez at Everton is that Everton won't concede many goals. We've seen towards the back end of last season under Carlo Ancelotti, Everton were just leaking goals left, right and centre. They were very passive. Um, fantastic managers, don't get me wrong, but he, he's, a, he's an elite manager. He can only manage elite players. Um, he struggles with the concept of trying to get a mid-table team into a top six. Started off like an house on fire, and then it tails off when the expectancy grown, and he just he weren't capable of of being that type of manager to to get a football club from the mid-table to top six. Benitez has been there, seen it, and done it. He likes to play the underdog, doesn't he? We've seen the battles that he had with Liverpool and Chelsea and when he went to Napoli with Juventus, Real Madrid, with Atletico Madrid. He loves it. He loves being the underdog. And and even he went flavour of the month when he went to Chelsea. And he took that job and fans hated him. And he bought, what did he get a Champions League space and delivered the Europa League trophy in front of them as well? And then he's done a fantastic job at Newcastle. The Georgies absolutely idolised him. So, listen, I'm not going to gloss over it. He wasn't flavour of the month coming to Everton. I'd say 99% of the fan base didn't want him. But he's here now. The owners made a decision to, to stick him in there. And so far, so good. He's got off to a steady start. I think that'll play into Everton's hands more. They'll have, I think they'll have more confidence. I think Villa played well last week against Chelsea, but a defeat, a defeat, whichever way you look at it. And, and I think Dean Smith was very good speaking after the game and saying, yeah, we'll take a lot of positives from that. When managers say that, that's what they're looking to say. But deep down, if you ask the players there, they've suffered a 3-0 defeat. They don't like going to training the next morning on the back of a 3-0 defeat. They don't go in thinking, oh yeah, we were unlucky there. We got beat 3-0. You're still down. You're still being beat. So I think Everton will go in more confident um, yeah, I think it's pretty positive around Everton at the moment. Having said that, listen, the defeat turns everything on its head. All of a sudden, the people that didn't want Rafa Benitez, they stick their heads out the window and all of a sudden it, it doesn't paint a pretty picture, does it? So a lot can turn in 90 minutes. As we say, a lot can change over 90 minutes in, in a whole season. Yeah, exactly. I think you summed it up well. Looking at Everton's recent performances, they're unbeaten at the league in the moment, sitting fourth in the table with a win and a draw away from home. Um, It looks, from Benitez, it looks, if I'm not mistaken, you started with a 3-4-3 against Burnley on Monday, but then Mm. obviously, well... um, he was going to change to a 4-3-3. You equalised and he went ahead with that anyway, uh, bringing Godfrey off and Gomez on. And that completely changed the picture then. You were able to tactically suppress Burnley and draw them in because it helped you because you sat in a 4-5-1 almost when defending, but then it allowed you to push more bodies forward. With Godfrey coming off, could you see him sticking with that 4-3-3 at Villa Park? And would Godfrey make way? Because... I mean, defensively, you've been brilliant under Rafa, as you mentioned yourself. But Mina, Godfrey and Keane seem to work well as a defensive pair. And with Wood and Barnes both playing up front, they seem to be able to nullify them to good effect. However, 
I mean, Mina won more aerial duels than any other Premier League player that weekend. So it just shows you against Burnley, who are obviously a very physical side, that you were able to nullify that well. I think Rafa got it spot on. Um, how do you think you could deal with Watkins obviously coming back into the side and Danny Ings as well? Yeah, I think that the key component there is being adaptable. And that's what Rafa Benitez is. Everton have had lots of managers in the past. Roberto Martinez, Ronald Koeman, Sam Allardyce, Marco Silva. The list is endless. And they just won't change the ways. They're just setting this is the way we're going to play. Especially Roberto Martinez playing out from the back. Wouldn't change. Even when he had the the entire fan base on his back, he still wouldn't change. And eventually it got on the sack. Benitez showed in just literally 90 minutes yesterday, he can adapt straight away and... What what uh, sprung out of my mind was Andrew Townsend's interview to Sky Street after the whistle. He asked him about the formation change and he said, well, we have been practising on that in the past week. So they won't just set out on one formation. They will change during the game and they can be able to adapt to it. And that's always a sign of a good manager that they can change and adapt in-game. There's not many do you normally get a manager go, do you know what, let's see how it pans out and let's see if we can make a sub at half-time. He can change the game as it's going on because the players have been used to changing in training. I think that's key for Everton. They can play a 3-4-3, they can play a 4-3-3, they can play anything they want because they're changing the formation each time. If you're asking me, I wouldn't have a clue how Everton are going to play. I really wouldn't have a clue. I don't think, hands on heart, 90% of the Everton fans don't know because he can change so much. They've played a lot of formation. I think they played three or four different formations so far this season. But that's the personality that the manager's got. So if the Evertonians don't know what chance of Aston Villa and the scouting system and everything else, they won't have a clue. But it's going to be interesting. I think the key player for Everton in making the change will be Abdullah Dekore. Um, I tweeted yesterday on me on my Twitter account that I think Takori had five shots on target in the entire season last year under Carlo Ancelotti. He's playing a more defensive role already. He's got I think he's got five already in this this team alone. That tells you he's playing in a more advanced role. He's already scores. He's got an assist. He got a disallowed goal yesterday. He's a totally different player. He's a box to box. He's not he's not being set to a different role. He's not being set into like there's your back man in front of the back four. He's not. Be, he's a box-to-box. He's being licensed to roam and he's going to be a very, very key individual for Everton this season. So I think whatever Everton do, it'll hinge on him. He's the key man for Everton because I don't... I don't think defenders or midfielders know how to pick him up because he's all over the pitch. He's not known as a, a fantastic creative midfielder, but he's box to box. And what he's doing, he's getting Everton up the pitch and he's creating chances. He's scoring goals, he's making assists, and he's very, very difficult to um, to pick up. So, yeah, I think Aston Villa will have a problem marking him. He won't, uh, you can see the likes of Tyrone Mings pushing him onto the midfield. I think midfield could be pushing, telling the, the likes of... Um, John McGinn could be telling um, Mings to pick him up. It'll, you can see that situation unfolding. You really, really can be. He's difficult to mark up. Everton will be in the set in the ways. They'll have Luca Dean left back, possibly Seamus Coleman at right back. They could go three at the back. Godfrey's a fantastic player. They've got the adaptability of playing Mina or Keane. And obviously, Alan will sit in front of the back four. Then you could bring a Wobi in. Um, you've got obviously Tamani Gray and Andrews Townsend setting the world alight at the moment. And then obviously, you can play to Cody in there. We know Calvert-Lewin won't be playing, so then the onus is on Richarlison. So, yeah, Everton have got a number of options to play in terms of the personnel and formation. So, yeah, it's going to be a tricky one for Aston Villa. 
that's really funny you've mentioned a courier it's almost like you've stolen my notes um going off your signings uh Townsend obviously Damari Gray ex Blue Nose you know Townsend free Gray 1.8 million they look to be really shrewd signings and obviously Rondon who's yet to be able to make an impact who hasn't had the time yet but they're all players who at the start of the window Sky Sports aren't focusing on them they're a bit of a labelled boring signing however they suit Everton and what Rafa's trying to do perfectly it seems they fit into his system they're hard-working players they're willing to do the tracking back and I think that's exactly what Rafa likes so when you do set up in your 4-5-1 you know that you can trust the wingers to track back again Decoure I know he's not a new signing but it feels like he is from a neutral perspective because you just haven't seen a manager utilize his attacking potential like Rafa's been able to do so far you know he's capable of winning the ball back on the edge of his own penalty area and then running forward and almost being that last person to drive into the box to get a shot away so yeah 100% and Gray I think he scored in his last three appearances and over the course of the season he scored with 75% of all shots taken is that key with the absence of Dominic Calvert-Lewin? Yeah, it, it, it's massively important. And that's one thing Benitez struck a chord with at the start of the season. He said we were too reliant on Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison getting the goals. And now you're seeing the goals come from everywhere. Defenders yesterday and Michael Keane. Yerry Mina can get a goal. Obviously, Luca Dean's a threat from um, set pieces. Going into the midfield to Corey, as I've just touched on, totally different player, scoring goals, making assists, creating chances, having shots on target. And then the wide players that we've just spoken about, Andrews Townsend, we've seen what he's got in his locker. We've seen that one of the goals of the season last night. Tamani Gray, of course. Obobi can come in and be a goal threat. And now Richarlison as well up front. Rondon as well as an option off the bench. So they've got goals coming from all angles at the moment, Everton. Listen, they might not be flavour of the month in terms of names that roll off your tongue, but what they do, they work the backsides off. And Everton have kind of lost the way in the past five years under Farhad Mashiri. He spent an enormous amount of money on giving managers money after money after money, and it hasn't worked out. They've just chased the, the pound signs and the big signings, your Gilfie Sigurdsons of the world and your Hamas Rodriguez's of the world and all these types of players, and they've all been and gone. Wayne Rooney's, the list is endless. Now they've got back to basics. They've got to like a dare I say, and a lot of Evertonians say think exactly the same thing. The David Moyes era, when Everton knew what they were about, they were a hard working team. You could pick up a couple of bargains in the Championship. The likes of Tim Cahill, Tim Howard, Phil Jagielka, Julian Lescott, all these types of players that they found in the Championship and made them into real good, outstanding Premier League players that you knew what you were getting with them. With this Everton team, what Evertonians want. And which Benitez has tapped into is the work ethic. And that's what Everton players have lost away in the past three or four years. They've just come for the last pay pack here, just seeing Everton as a little bit of a cash cow. Oh, they've got a big rich owner here coming in, sign a five year contract. Like see Yannick Balassi. The, the list is endless, honestly. You want to look at the players Everton have signed over the last five years. Um, Jenk Tolson, Theo Walcott, honestly, there's hundreds of them. Anyway, my point is that they've got back to basics, they've gone to Young, well, not I wouldn't say young, but proven players that is going to run through a big wall for the team. The quality might not be the best, 
But what Evertonians are going to ask for is 100% when they go through that turnstile. And these players, they're adding a little bit of quality, a little bit of sprinkle in there, but they're giving it all. And that's all we're asking for. And if you work hard, it'll get you so far. And as we've seen, it'll get, it could get you the cup. It, we've seen what happened with Leicester a couple of years ago. It could be spring of surprise in the Champions League. I get a four-play spot. Anyone can win that FA Cup, as we've seen again over a couple of years. So, yeah, you need a little bit of luck. And if you work hard for it, it can take you a lot, a lot of places. And hopefully, fingers crossed, Benitez can tap into that. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if you if you want a manager that's good at that, then I think you've got the right man. Looking ahead towards the rest of the season, what would be your hopes and ambitions? And come the end of the season, what would make you go, yeah, that's been successful, and that will allow us to push on next season? Probably sound staff here, and Evertonians say it every season, but it's a trophy. We haven't won a trophy since 1995 and it's far, far too long for a club of this size. And I don't know what Aston Villa fans think, but obviously yourselves haven't won a trophy for a while, but it's it's nearer to us. Do you know what I mean? We, we haven't won once for 20 odd years now. And Everton, I'm probably saying this with blue tinted glasses here, there's only the fourth most successful club in English football when it comes to league titles. But we haven't won one since 1987. And it's not that I sound like, a, oh, he's living in the past. He's living in the past. But yeah, I am. But we're still the fourth most successful club in England in terms of leagues. Nine league titles speaks for itself. Do you know what I mean? But as I just touched on, we haven't won a trophy in 25 years. And that has got to stop sooner rather than later. And it doesn't help when you're living in the same city as a, as a team that is winning everything in sight. So it's not nice. And the Evertonians have had to stomach relegation dog fights and failed ground moves and, and witness their neighbours win every trophy that is left to win since the last one won themselves. So it's been a pretty, pretty dismal um, period for Evertonians over the last 20 odd years. But fingers crossed, Rafa Benitez, he seems to be a little bit of a lucky manager, I will say as well. So fingers crossed, we can get a bit of luck in the cup. And who knows, maybe um, he could be f- become the first manager to win a trophy with both Everton and Liverpool. Wouldn't that be the irony of that one? <laughs> Especially after the backlash he got when he came. It's incredible to me. It's baffling how similar Villa and Everton are in terms of the long wait for silverware, the almost sleeping giant status that we're only just getting ourselves out of now. If you, When you look at Villa as a neutral perspective, what would you say would be a successful campaign? Who excites you in this Villa team and who would you be wary of at the weekend? I like John McGinn. I really like the look of him. I liked him when it obviously when he was playing down the championship. He's he's, he's got uh, he's just basically resembled what I've just been talking about there with the likes of Andros Townsend. You know what you're getting with John McGinn every single week. You're getting an eight out of ten. And even if he's having a bad game or he's having a drop in form, you know you get hundred percent. You know his shirt will be ringing with sweat when he goes in. That's what you want as a Villa fan. And you can't have enough of them, honestly, you really can't because you get a lot of players, especially in this day and age in the Premier League, that they'll go, do you know what, a bit of a try of a leg here. Do you think I'm tracking back there? And honestly, You'll see it yourself. We all watch football on the television and you're thinking, do you know what, he could have easily got back there. He could... Your John McGinn's of the world, your Andros Townsend, these types of players run through big wall for you and you can't have enough of them, um, especially in that midfield role. So yeah, I think John McGinn's a massive threat um, for us, he'll be all over the Everton midfield. He'll be trying to stop Decore as much as he can. I like Watkins up front. Um, he reminds me a bit of a Calvert Lewin, but he hasn't got the the physical the physical attributes of Calvert Lewin. I think he he's a bit of a predator and he gets in, in between the lines and and he runs the channels. But I don't think he can hold it up as as well 
is what maybe he can build on his physique going forward. That's my outlook from an outside looking in. Maybe if he gets in the gym, and um, what I did notice with Calvert Lewin over the past 18 months, I've been a big fan of Dominic Calvert Lewin. I've been banging um, the drum for, for, for a while and I was slated by Everton fans, but that lad has got in the gym and worked his socks off. He's just become a specimen. Um, if you look at, if you only have to Google it. If you just go on your phone or whatever and just chat, um, type in Dominic Calvert-Lewin 2018 or 19, and he's just this little skinny individual that you just wouldn't look at at all. You go, wow, he's not he's not a football in a million years. And now you look at him, just type in 2020, he's just a different animal. He's got in the gym, he's got on the weights, um, he's improved his game, and you've got to have that right mentality. A lot of players come through academies and think, oh, I've already made it, I've got my first contract, I've got my Louis Vuitton bags, I've got my deals and all that. But this lad's got a different mentality. He's got a different mindset. He wants to learn all the time. And yeah, it's going to be a big miss for us. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I like Holly Watkins. And if he can learn, to, I don't want to say learn, it probably sounds patronising, but if he can take of what um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's doing, especially getting in the England squad now, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, um, he'll become a, a really good centre forward for Villa. Yeah, no, I completely get where you're coming from. And my last question I've got before for you before I let you go is if you had to pick out a score prediction, what would that be for you? I think Everton could sneak a two one, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a if it's a one one. Um, I know there's normally goals in this game, but I just as I just touched on there. Rafa Benitez won't concede many goals this season. They're going to be really, really tight. Yeah, um, Burnley scored from that set piece yesterday, and I think Southampton scored um, on the opening day. Leeds scored too, but they're not going to be scoring half-fulls past them. They really won't be. Um, so, yeah, I'm going for probably take me... If Ed says 1-1, um, Hart says 2-1 Everton. Oh, head versus heart. That's what we love to <laughs> see in football. Anyway, thank you for joining me. No problem, you're welcome. Anytime, Sebastian. <laughs> well, it seems like Tony was quietly confident about his venture to Villa Park this weekend. Let's hope from claret and blue tinted glasses that Dean Smith's men hope Benitez's unbeaten run to the season and look to kickstart their own campaign into action with the injury table finally emptying out. One thing is for sure, and that is that Villa Park will be absolutely bouncing under the floodlights and I can't wait to see all of you there. A massive thank you to Tony for joining me as this wouldn't have been possible without him providing in-date neutral opinions on us whilst giving us a slight insight as to what to expect from Saturday's opponents. Make sure to check out the Altogether podcast on Twitter at ATNcast and subscribe to their Patreon whilst you're there. If you enjoyed, remember to follow us at 7500 to Holt. Leave a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Acast. The choice is yours really, whatever floats your boat. Or perhaps all three, if you enjoyed it that much, why don't you rewind and listen from the start to make sure you really took in everything that we said. (laughs) Follow my Twitter at SebastianBacon8, and I'm sure you have. But if not, follow the new sponsors of the podcast, Acorns Children's Hospice at Acorns Hospice, and help give something back to a hospice who provides such good for our community. Thank you for listening, and don't forget, up the villa. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 